Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello there and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life, the podcast dedicated to purpose, prosperity, and joy, to helping you create clarity around your special gifts and all that good stuff. Today I have my fabulous business partner as our guest. Welcome to the show, Joe. I mean, welcome to the show, Joe. Welcome to the show, Joy. Wow, what a mess. <laughs> welcome to the show, Joy. <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking, do I say something? Shoy Joe. Welcome to the show, Joe. Shoy Joe, that's like Shoigu. Oh, that's a very something bad like thing. like that, yeah. Well, yeah, we welcome. were talking about Japanese restaurants the other day in Vancouver and Victoria, so maybe you've got Japanese food on the, on the brain, which is a good thing to have, right? So there you go. Well, we had sushi not too long ago, so that I was know. good. So, we had Scott, that, it was a fun thing. A, a batch of yeah. sushi. Well, yep. So I really didn't pick a topic today. You and I had an interesting uh, meeting this morning about yeah. uh, ultimate life and challenges we're running and stuff. So let's just chat a little bit about the creating the ultimate life and the challenge, as it were, of these challenges and finding those people that really want to level up. Well, a couple of things. So I'm going to just divert, divert, what's the words? Go in a different direction for a little, for a little bit. So a few things in thinking of that. First thing is, um, you know, picking or choosing or living your ultimate life. Now, Sometimes I, I think people are going to find that difficult in times of extreme circumstances, things happening. So, for example, you know, at the time we're recording this, um, what happened? You know, there's this huge wildfires in uh, Maui. And, you know, I mean, we've been to Lahaina before, a beautiful little fishing village, centuries old little village in um, Maui. Mm-hmm. And it... Um, you know, burned to the ground. So now you have like what the population is around like 13,000 or something. Not very much. It's not a large population, but still like, so all those businesses, all those homes gone, wiped out. So now you're thinking, okay, I don't know that they consider themselves living their ultimate life, but what do they do? If they have bricks and mortar businesses, it's going to be a challenge for them because, you know, that has to be rebuilt. If they have a combination of um, bricks and mortar and online, because it's a tourist town. So it's not, you know, it, it's a huge tourist attraction. And so, you know, so they'll fare better, of course, if they don't have a house, or if they're, you, you know, house built, burned to the ground too, though, they probably don't have something. But if they have a laptop and or if they have access to it, and if they are, do do any kind of remote work, um, they're going to, they're going to come through this. I mean, they're all going to come through this. It's just a matter of how and how difficult and rebuilding. And, you know, the immediate need is for, you know, food, water, and shelter. So they have some immediate needs. But further to that, um, this is why it's a good opportunity to look at creating an online business or a portable business, as it were, somewhere that you can just take your phone, you know, take your phone and go anywhere and 
you know, create a living, create an ultimate life, create your ultimate life and make some cash. Um, Now we run a series of challenges to help people recognize their existing skills, their experiences and their natural gifts. We call it the, you know, the the triple, triple helix or, you know, a rope, but a triple helix sounds kind of cool because it's part of your DNA. And then the other part is, you know, the confidence piece. And Kellen, you mentioned this morning, you, you came up and we'll talk about this, is that energetic framing. Now, so that's one part, you know, these people having challenges. Another part is, you know, of course, I'm a soccer nut and the Women's World Cup of Soccer is on right now. And, and I'm wearing been, a soccer shirt of somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah, you are. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, you've got a lot of them. You know, so so then the other point is, okay, the Women's World Cup of Soccer. So the... I mean, it's just been a crazy World Cup. All the favorites are out. So the reigning World Cup, women's World Cup soccer champions, the United States, they're out. The runners-up, the Netherlands, they're out. The uh, I think Japan is out too. You know, the runner-up from the last time is out. Uh, Germany's out. The Olympic Brazil's champions. out. The Olympic champions, Canada, the reigning Olympic champions are out. We, Canada didn't even make it out of the round of 16, which is really pathetic. Now, I've noticed, and there's been a lot of talk, and, you know, I'm really, you know, I, it's, one of my, it's my favorite sport. One of the things is the, is the the players on this these teams that were chosen. I noticed, and a lot of other sportscasters and people commenting on this stuff, armchair critics that have noticed that, you know, Canada, you know, we had some – you know, players that had already retired and probably should have stayed retired and, you know, just gracefully gone out with their Olympic medal. And same on the United States team. There's, you know, a few players who've been around way too way too long and likely should have, you know, retired perhaps. So now you have these up-and-comers, you know, for the first time in World Cup, Women's World Cup history, brand new people are going to win. You know, Australia, the Matildas, I mean, they just, uh, they were spectacular. You know, they had the world's longest penalty shootout in World Cup history, men or women. Um, the other day when they were playing France, it went to like 18 or 19 uh, different scoring, like, you know, kicks. It was just unbelievable. And the Aussies came out on top. You know, so when you're thinking of ultimate life, I mean, they are doing... What and they're pushing themselves because when you see the players on the field, on the pitch, I mean they're full on. They're not you know resting in the back, which is I noticed with some of the teams, especially Canada and the U.S. The turnovers were just unbelievable. So you know either the U.S. or Canada player had the ball, and then you know the other team was able to steal it away. So that it was a turnover, and that happened time and time and time again. But in this match, when I watched the Australia France match that yeah that rarely happened. I mean they were just for 120 minutes that's pretty intensive just go 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 go. And that's what it takes. Not that you know I'm not you know world cup soccer player or you know living on Maui although it does it sound attractive at some point. You know but what are we doing in our daily lives to create our own ultimate life? And, you know, Kellen, we do run these challenges, which, you know, we have a framework and we have goals for people to achieve and and tasks to do at the end of these five days. So, for example, 
um, for this challenge that we run. It's called the Clarity, Confidence, and Cash Accelerator Challenge. One of the things to achieve is the clarity piece. The clarity piece is identifying and I mean, that really will take the bulk of the time to figure out what your natural gifts are, what your existing skills are and your experiences. Now, you know, the entry level is the existing skills. And that's what most people talk about when they talk about their work or their job. It's their existing skills. But you go deeper. You talk about natural gifts. You talk about experiences. And then you weave that together. Looks like I'm crossing my fingers and I kind of am into what we call this triple helix of these all these three wrapped together. Why is that important? Well, you've said a couple of things that I want to talk about for a sec, mm-hmm. and that is the work, the effort. The up-and-comers in the soccer player have mm-hmm. taken the crown. They've they've blown out the, the teams that should have won, all of them. Uh, the yeah. only team I think that's left that was ranked at all is I think England's still left. But anyway... And it's through their efforts. So this ultimate life thing, what people often hear, ultimate life has a big equal sign between ultimate life and easy, ultimate life and lazy, ultimate life equals it's not hard. And that nothing could be further than from the truth. Every single person that you look at on the world stage, whether it's this women's soccer, musicians, um, uh, people in movies, authors, you know, you talk about J.K. Rowling and in 50 million rejections and all the rest. People that are at that level of performance have have put in the same kind of effort that those up-and-coming soccer players that you talked about. And so th- one of the things that we don't want to leave people the idea with or even present is that the ultimate life is going to be some kind of a magical formula that lets it all float in like a box from Amazon and there it is delivered to your door. It takes work and weaving this triple helix that you did. And I use this little rope thing. I think of a nylon rope woven or the triple helix, like your DNA only with three strands. It takes work to figure it out. And as you noted, existing skills is stuff you already know how to do. It's what you've been selling in the marketplace already. Maybe you went to school as a designer or an accountant or a pizza delivery person or a rocket scientist. It doesn't matter. And it's one of the fun things. I get to meet all these people in lunch club that are from all kinds of different walks of life, financial advisors and film producers and, you know, just all kinds of stuff all over the world. And they've all busted their butts to get good at this skill. That's only one of your three DNA strands. And so identifying your whole life, who are you? I'm an accountant. Who are you? I'm a lawyer. No, that is one of your three things. That is one thing you've learned how to do and sell in the marketplace to get paid. But it isn't your most valuable offering to the world it's just the one you're using right now and have been using and so the going deep is two parts it is to make full um, inventory i guess of those existing skills so you know what they are and then two to get away from the idea that that's all you got to get away from the idea that there's nothing else i learned how to do this i'm an accountant i'm an artist i'm a whatever it is And that's all I have because that's only one of the strands. So the going deeper is to identify thoroughly what you've got and then realize it's only one thing before we get to some of the other two strands. So that's why going deeper on just your existing skills matters. And the other thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned is the effort that you talked about Mm 
of getting there. You can have the ultimate life of living on a, wherever you want to live, on a hill, by the ocean, in the mountains, I don't care, of living there, especially with the point you made earlier. I mean, the tragedy in Maui is the tragedy in Maui, and we all are going to have to figure out ways as a society to help people, not only there, but rebuilding Europe and Ukraine and all the rest when these tragedies happen. But the key is to learn to take advantage of the developing technology, the Internet, AI, um, all these tools that allow you to have your skill and create from anywhere. So that's all about existing skills. Yeah, uh, you know, that's really good because, you know, when we talk about like you talk about the, you know, the challenges that are going on throughout the world in Ukraine and what's happening in in Maui. You know, from from the end user perspective, so the person living in some village in Ukraine, the person living in Lahaina, you know, you know, they're in that little space. But then you have that larger piece, if not that I want to talk about politics or get into government stuff, but you know, but there are people who had sounded alarms, whether it was before the war or whether it was before, you know, the wildfires swept through. There had been grumblings and there had been musings and there had been conversations saying hey you know what pay attention to this this is something that's coming up and right and then after the fact it's like well we didn't think that would happen and and that also that happens in our everyday lives you know so there's something to be said for adequate planning um you know that's where i guess project planning comes in i was a project manager I suppose maybe once a project manager, always a project manager, and you're you're looking for that risk mitigation. So if this happens, what are you going to do? You know, and I think too often people, I don't know. I mean, you talk to more people than I do in this kind of area, but do people then, they don't really plan. They don't really think ahead that, okay, so what if that doesn't work? So what if your idea about, you know, whatever, have making, you know, you know, fake fur coats for cats doesn't work. Well, it's going to work. But what if it doesn't? Like, what's your what's your plan B or C? I mean, is there a sort of a, is there a backup or something else that you're going to put in place so that, you know, the bottom doesn't fall out from you? Or do most people just go on and, I don't know, figure it out? They crash. And you know yeah. that because most people live paycheck to paycheck. They are completely dependent on that one skill that they're selling in the marketplace, that existing skill. And that's why, if you want to, I mean, it does take work. And so you have to decide, am I going to live with blinders on and hoping the skill that I sell in the marketplace either stays, like in 2008 when the economy crashed 15 years ago, the whole economy reformed. Many of the jobs didn't re-exist. This happening now... It's happening now. We have technology sectors reforming. We have the emergence of AI. All this stuff is reshaping the nature of work. It's not just about remote work and in-office work. Offices are not being built to the same speed. Some companies are not building big buildings anymore where everybody comes to work. That model is changing because we have now realized that distributed work is just as effective. Losing all those hours of commute and everything else, the idea, and as a C-level exec, I remember the conversations, well, if we let somebody work from home, they're going to mess around all the time. And and the truth is, if you measure results and get people that want to keep their work, keep their jobs, it's going to be there. 
And we're yeah. discovering that in spades. So as the economy reforms after COVID, after 2008, after I don't know what the next one is, but as these upheavals take place, whether they're local, like the war or like the disaster in California when they burned or Hawaii when it burns, you're going to reform the economy. And what you're talking about is the preparations ahead of time. So one piece of those preparation is to stop thinking that the only thing you have that you can do is the thing that you're doing now. Because the second strand of your DNA, besides your existing skill, the middle one, is your natural gifts. And people talk about that like it's some mystical, weird thing. Well, you know, somebody's an artist or somebody's a musician. I'm not even talking about those. They are natural gifts, but I'm not talking about those in general. I'm talking about the subtleties of... Human nature. Maybe some. Maybe you listen better than anyone else. Maybe you're able to listen and then synthesize something out of that that other people can't do. Right. Maybe you read between the lines really well. Maybe you're one of these emotionally tuned in people that just knows the right thing to say at the right time, or you just come up with ideas about what to do in yeah. a situation that's really good. And there are thousands of nuances of all these. Uh, gifts, and I call them divine gifts because they seem to have come with us. Yeah, that that spirit that came and got plopped in the body, you know, that they seem to have come from before, and they don't seem to have been things that we intentionally developed or worked on. It's just stuff, you know, how yeah. to do. And people don't generally combine that with their existing skills. It's just kind of this thing over here, and that's a big important piece of who you are and what you have to offer. Right. in the world yeah yeah and i think often um you know with when you talk about just aside from your existing skills i you know when things when challenges appear i mean i know people like that you know people like that you know they're they're firmly going in one direction and then i'll, I'll be generous and saying a year later two years later it's probably less than that they're back to you know, where they were. And that's not just to say that it's about your, what the work you're doing. It's also about relationships too. (laughs) You know, they're firmly in this way. It's like, I'm going to make this change in me because I want to have a different relationship, but with whatever it is. And then six months later, it's like, I, what? You know, it's confusing because it's like they were very firm in their conviction, but yet, you know, we revert back to what's comfortable, you know, and, and maybe stepping out of that comfort zone. Now, does that lead then into the second part of what we talk about with the clarity, confidence and cash challenge is the confidence piece? It does. does that flow because into when, that? Yeah. When people, when people say they're going to change something, you pick an obvious one, they're going to yeah. lose weight, get in shape, change something about their body image. There's something they don't like about it. And yep. they join a gym and they start this and then it fails and then it fails and then it fails and then it fails. Or they say they're going to get a new job because they don't like what they're doing. They need to make yeah. more money or whatever. And they don't and they don't and they don't and they don't. And and they repeatedly fail. So that exactly gets into the middle piece, clarity, confidence yeah. and cash. Because when we talk about this sort of stuff, people universally feel that yearning. I want to be doing, I hear this all the time, I love to help people. Well, I believe every person who breathes air was born to love and to serve. That's how we're built. And what people say is, well, I'd love to do that, but I don't know how. And right. what that absolutely 
Well, what that means is I haven't discovered, number one, it hasn't worked for me yet. And often what work means is I need a foolproof way so that if I just do this, I know for sure it'll work. I won't get embarrassed. I won't fail 50 times. I won't look stupid. I won't (laughs) have to face my fears. I won't have to do all that. So show me the step-by-step so I get there. That's what it didn't work means. And the truth, you're going to fail. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to splat. You're going to try it again. You're going to adjust it. You're going to mess with it. And developing confidence isn't not having fear. Developing confidence isn't not failing. Developing confidence is a clear vision about where you're going to go that overcomes the failing and the mistakes and people laughing or not laughing or not buying or or whatever yeah. it is, because you have a clear vision and you know that with this now two strands, this combination of your skills that you've got and your natural gifts, you have seen in your mind a way to be of service. And yeah. all that is, it's not this woo, it's just another offering in the marketplace. So let's give you, let's do a concrete example. I had a guy who was an accountant and he bragged to me, that he was enrolled before the IRS and did all this stuff. And he, he told me all about all these accreditations that he had. And it was all boring, and I almost went to sleep standing up. But what I realized for him is he wasn't using... That was his skill set. Right. His gift was that he could offer protection to people. And so I told him, look, I said, you, you come in and tell me about all your accounting stuff. I don't care. What I need you to tell me is... Rip open your shirt and have it be the Superman logo. I am the shield between, in that case, it was the IRS, but it could be any taxing agency. I'm the shield between your money and the government. I protect your assets so you can sleep at night. That could be for lawyers, too. Yes. Yeah. So what I'm giving you, and and that that would work. Now, if I was a very timid person that didn't, then it, then it wouldn't. But this guy wasn't that because he was yeah. bragging it all up, but he was talking about the wrong stuff. I don't care about his certifications. What I want to know is that he's the shield of steel between my dough and the government. Yeah. Okay, now talk to me. Yeah. And so that's about weaving yeah. those things together. But a lot of people can't do that well either. Because I know even in you know the groups that I'm in right now in a mastermind and people... Or, you know what, even use a simpler example, cars, cars, right? And, you know, the car salesman, I haven't been to a a car showroom for a long time, so I don't even know what they do anymore. Usually when I'm looking for a car, I know what I want. This is the what I want. Can you find me this? That's just, we're done. I don't need somebody to, you know, butter me up or something. And but But what they do, I don't know where they get this training from, but they say, oh, it has this something torque and this something blah, blah, blah under the car, whatever it is. And this, you know, magnification of this. And it's like, like, do I really care about that? I mean, put it into simple terms for me. It's like, okay, so case in point, we used to have a Prius. Now we had a Prius in Phoenix for a very specific reason. That was because Phoenix, when you drive from one end of Phoenix to the other, it takes an hour and a half on a good day. Otherwise, it takes two hours and three hours. So if you have a gas guzzler that doesn't get, you know, two miles of the gallon, I mean, that's an expensive trip. But in a Prius, it was easy. So that cell 
was we knew why we were getting that vehicle. We knew that we were going long distances, you know, park the SUV, park the sports car, and we didn't have to do anything. You know, it wasn't an expensive trip then because, you know, gas is expensive. However, we also (laughs) took that same vehicle on trips to from Phoenix to San Diego. Now, if you've ever driven from Phoenix to San Diego, six hours, it's an easy drive. It's a nice drive. You know, there's some places that you cross like very close to the Mexican border. And you have to realize that, you know, the those border patrol guys stop all the stop you all the time and ask you, you know, personal questions and such. But the one thing it is, is that it's not good for hills. A Prius is not good for going uphill because when you floor it in a Prius, big 18 wheelers are still just blowing past you like nothing. And and that's, you know, so you're not, so you're not getting the car for that purpose. You know, if you want something with get up and go, you know, then you communicate that. So for example, you know, I want a new vehicle now. I want, you know, I've got, you know, five people, I've got a dog, I've got a cat, I've got, uh, we travel, we do this and we need luggage. And, you know, so don't fit me in a Prius and I'm always going to look at one, but I do want one that when I step on the gas, get up and go. So when you put that into simple terms, let's take it back to your ultimate life. People don't want to hear all that stuff because that's about the person trying to tell me, impress me with these statistics and with these big things. What I want to know is when I step on the gas, do I go? Um, Is it going to cost me an arm and a leg for gas? What about the safety? Safety is important. That's, you know, I, I like larger vehicles. So that safety factor is important. I'm not going to buy a smart car ever. I don't even know if they make them anymore. But, you know, so those things you have to drill down, like, for what is important for the end user. I think too often we try to impress the other person with our knowledge of a product or a service or what we think we can do for you, but it's not a benefit. So I want to, yeah, absolutely true. That's true. That's true. That was a long explanation, but yeah. It's perfect. So one of the things that I want to make sure we do as as we, we've got about seven or eight minutes here to to 30 is I'm going to, I'm going to put this URL on the screen for those that are watching the video, ultimatelifechallenge.com. So this is the challenge where we take those two things. And there's a third one that I want to mention that we bring in to tie together. So, Tying the, the third piece, and often I think it's the most important piece. You've got your existing skills, you've got your natural gift, and your life experience. Now, the life experience is anything that happened to you. But the ones that matter the most are the ones that hurt. They're the things that made you sad, that could have ruined you, or maybe that did ruin you for a while. Somebody died. You went bankrupt. Somebody ripped you off. There was someone who betrayed you severely. Uh, you know, something addictions, you, addictions, uh, any of those kinds of things that could be viewed as traumatic right. and destructive. Well, the way I think about them is they can either ruin you or they can refine you. And sometimes they do both. Maybe they ruin yeah. you to start with and then you allow them to refine you. So if you think about the life experience, that is your ability to connect with an audience. Because even if you have a skill and you have fabulous natural gifts that let you listen well and articulate and explain well the experiences that you've had. That is the secret sauce, if there is such a thing, that lets you connect with an audience. 
So they can say, oh, you really get what I'm afraid of, don't know how to do, I'm worried about. And then all that other stuff, your existing skills and your natural gifts matter a lot more because they hear you and they go, oh, you came through that? you done that? Ooh, tell me more now. And so that's the third strand, and it's the most important. It's the energy. It's the juice. It's the thing that really makes the connection and power. And if you mix those together, your life experience, your existing skills, and your natural gifts, you are able to offer something to the world that is your most valuable gift, your most valuable offering. And so, of course, it stands to reason that you would have the most impact, you'd have the most fun, and you'd make the most money because that's the most valuable thing you could offer Mm-hmm. to the world yeah and and the, the interesting funny great thing about this of what you just said is that really for our listeners is just one piece of the challenge there's two other whole pieces and one of the pieces i mean you only have a short period of time to touch on that today but and, and I know you're going to do a longer video about this later on, but it was something really fantastic. And you yourself said that you just kind of boom discovered it. You've been doing it for all your life and it is a gift. It's a natural talent, but it's something that you call energetic framing. Now, this is the piece that goes into the confidence section of this. And this is something that nobody else talks about. In fact, we haven't even talked about this in previous challenges. So this is going to be brand new for people who choose to enroll in this next challenge. And that's energetic framing. So just talk about it for a couple of minutes. What is it? Energetic framing is just a a way that I'm describing something. I'm going to use an example to let you know what it means. So you go into a store, and and it doesn't matter what it is, appliance, electronics, car store, doesn't matter. And someone immediately starts, you know, can I help you? And maybe they're hovering a bit. Can I help you? Can I show you anything? And the energy in that conversation is they're bugging you. It feels like the only reason they're there is to take your money, give me your wallet, right? And sometimes online, it feels like that. Some letters and emails and stuff are written. So I'm trying to convince you to something. I'm needy. Needy is creepy, one of my coaches used to say. So it is creepy. And we're immediately repelled by that. So that feeling is the energetic frame of that conversation. On the other hand, someone who comes in the same store, in the same situation, and says, uh, are you looking for anything in particular? And if you say, not really, then they leave you alone. And if you happen to say, well, you know, I was worried about this or my computer's getting old or I was just starting to think about um, you know, getting a new car because we are in that place right now. And instead of doing anything weird, they just say to you, okay, cool. Well, thank you for coming in considering us. Can you tell me what you're looking for? Have you got far enough to figure out what kind of things you want in a car? I don't know if we have what you need, but tell me what yeah. you want. And that kind of question, then you feel free to say, well, I need somebody with five seats and I need something to to do this and that. And then they say, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if we have that or, well, we do have one model that has that. Do you, do you, are you looking for something maybe new or used or have you decided yet? 
All right, so I could go on. I'm not going to. But the person, the way they're talking is creating an energetic frame in which the action takes place. And so the talk about energetic framing is how to understand what's required, how to create the energetic frame, and how to use it. Now, you're going to teach part of that in this next challenge. Is that correct? I am. Yeah. And so I, we're going to be done now. We are? Uh, for this episode. Well, <laughs> my camera just went white. Oh, no. And, and did that thing that it does. So I don't know if you can see me or not. I can see you. All right. So I'm going to yeah. go ahead and we're going to talk about this uh, energetic framing thing and help you understand what it is how to use it to create the kind of confidence yeah. that needs to happen in an exchange and therefore create the confidence that you need to offer your products and services. You know, but you, but Kellen, you, you put it in such a way this morning that was like super powerful. Not that you didn't do it right now, but it's just this energetic framing is really for any conversation to really persuade someone basically to do anything that you want them to do. And this is especially valuable in closing clients. I think the the energetic framing is everything. And I, I, what the big discovery was this morning. And if you're watching this on video and the screen is white, oh, well, Um, but what I discovered this this morning is this really simple. Uh, I, you know, I talked about natural gifts. The natural gift yeah. that I have that I just realized and put this name on it is I have the ability to create that energetic frame that's positive in any situation. And it was a skill that went on in my work for a long time. I got sent to Sacramento or Washington, D.C. and different places t- to be the one to do the talking for a given company because yeah. I was able to do that. And in closing clients whether you're a coach or whether you're selling anything, having the ability to both understand and to set the energetic frame is perhaps the most valuable skill you can have in closing deals. Right. That's awesome. And I know you're going to talk about that and that's a piece that's going to be new again. So we will, uh, you know, describe it in a way that it's like, yeah, I, I can do that because I mean, Kellen's the best there is at doing this kind of stuff. So when you see Kellen in action doing these things, you're like, oh man, I better put the recorder on. I, I can't do that. But what Kellen is really good at and where this energetic framing comes in to help any of us is his ability to simplify it and then teach it and then get you to do it. You know, obviously, you know, with someone who has a natural talent, it's a natural talent. For the rest of us, we have to learn these skills, but it's a skill and we can learn it. We can use that in our bag of our existing skills. And maybe it'll be one of our natural gifts or, you know, talents as well. Um, the last piece I just want to touch on before we go is, you know, there's still lots of talk about people using using AI. Should I use that AI? It's going to get you know, send people out of jobs who write books or do copywriting. And I think it was Gary Vee who said this, that it's not that AI is going to put anybody out of business or put you out of business or copywriters out of business, but it is going to put the people. So the people who do it well, they're going to put the other people out of business. So copywriters aren't going away, 
but it's just the people who are using AI and who use it well and effectively, they're the ones who are going to come out on top. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of AI. I was a little leery about it at first, but now it's like, I tell you, as a time saver and as a way to get ideas, especially for our challenge here where we talk about clarity, using AI, incorporating that into figuring out what maybe what box you want to create or what service or what product or whatever it is that you want to create that will help you achieve your ultimate life. AI is going to be one of your best friends. And I know I'll be talking about that on the challenge coming up too, because I use it every single day. And it's, I tell you, it's amazing. All right. So I hope that your video has stayed in all the way. If it hasn't, www.ultimatelifechallenge.com. There's so much more to say, and we've gone over our normal time of 30 minutes, but that's okay. That's I want good. to assure you yeah, that either, whether you watch these, and thank you for being part of our podcast audience, go to that ultimate challenge, ultimatelifechallenge.com. Join us for the next challenge. And if you do, I'll be glad to see you there, and I can tell you for sure, it will help you as you work and create your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet on